Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think of our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. This episode is redacted and the idea of the episode redacted is a concept that is used in law and a concept that is used in journalism. It's a concept used in law, it's a concept used in journalism and it is when it is a situation where something has either been taped or covered. Something has been taped, in other words, tape, put a tape on it, or something has been covered. Alright? It's actually an editing process of a document to conceal or remove confidential and important pieces of information before the disclosure of that publication. So what happens is that when people are going to the courts or when something is about to be released, you know, they, they call it doctor the documents, right? Doctor it. Remove certain things that might implicate us. Okay, let's ensure that certain things are not included in the documents that is about to be published. I very well believe that when it comes to marriage and relationship, certain things have been doctored. Certain things that are clear in scripture have been concealed, doctored. And what we've been saying really is that, look, let me tell you, you live in a world that has a pool, whether you like it or not. This world has a pool, and, and on many people, it's actually pulling very strong. Very strong. When you want to make decisions about your life, that pool shows up with regards to what are the things you first consider. What are the primary things that you think about first? What, what is the default setting of your mind when certain decisions are about to be made? Hallelujah. That default setting is, is determined by the pool around you, by the things tugging on you. And these things are in society, these things are in the environment, and they, they will keep tugging on you. So, I believe that, now look, when I stand before you all through this month, I really want to teach about relationships, but I also want you to be blessed personally. Do you understand what I'm saying? So my, my, my job is actually two things. To reveal Jesus to you so that you are blessed before you have an idea of what is expected of you, have an idea of what has been given to you. Amen. Before you have an idea of what is expected of you, it's important to know what has been given to you. So that's my job, really. I want to show that today. So when it comes to the idea of marriage and relationships, 
I believe very strongly that society and the prevailing culture in the environment has doctored quite a couple of things, concealed it, made sure that it is not available to public view and public eye, because there seems to be an idea that if you know, you should do better. So that, that talking is constantly there, and, and I tell you, things have been concealed. I wouldn't even say that it's been concealed. I would say that people have not been looking in the right direction. People have not been intentional about what is modeling their lives or their behavior. So it's not really like it's been doctored because it's there. It's that all the people who have been going after this thing have not been looking in the right direction. So it looks like so. And of course, everybody comes out with their version of what they think it is as against what it truly is. And so you have all kinds of ideologies. And you know, one of the most, most annoying things that, that you can hear anybody say is, so long as it works for you. 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 It really doesn't matter. So long as it works for you, it's fine. No, it's not fine if it works for you. Praise God. <laughs> they say things like, my truth, your truth. There is the truth. And people want to live their lives like they are a plethora of truths. No, they are not a plethora of truths. Otherwise, we will be confused. Oh, praise God. God is pretty setting. Oh, boy. So, we know abnormalities when we see them, right? If you find someone now whose knees are behind, feet is in front, hair, eyes behind, you understand? You're not going to say, that's your truth. You understand what I'm saying? You're not going to say that that's, that's your truth. You're like, wait a minute, you're, you're abnormal. But you see, we don't want to come to the place where we all agree on one thing. And so we present a God that is schizophrenic, that, is, that has an imbalance. Today he's saying one thing, tomorrow he's saying that. You see, let me tell you, the confusion in the world about anything is man-made. When God created, he was pretty clear about what he designed. Hallelujah. So, people are not looking in the right direction. People are not getting discipled by the truth of God's word. And it's now beginning to look like everybody has a truth that they are following. But there is the truth of the word of God. Now, what is this thing that has been taped or covered or doctored? It is the idea that every human being on the face of the earth has a value and essence. You are made of value and essence. And I really wonder, sometimes I wake up and I'm wondering, how will you stay married to one person for the rest of your life? If you don't make a big deal about their value. If you're like me, I get bored easily. When I say I get bored, I get tired. Very quickly. Of the same thing, the same thing. Uh, it bores me out. Um, it'll, be, it'll take a lot for me to repeat something. 
I like to try new things. If I go to a restaurant, I want to try something on the menu that is different. You know, just I just like new things. After using my car for two months, I got tired, really. <laughs> As I asked him, who wants to buy it? <laughs> Really. And I know how I was before, but I got tired. And, and, and so, I'm thinking to myself, if I don't intentionally magnify certain things, how am I going to stay with one person for the rest of my life? You see, people live their lives like life is an accident. No, life is not an accident. Life is what you... You understand? Intentionally do. And when you come to the conversation, you don't say, I am that way. No, you're not. Nobody's anyway. You are not the Lord that changes not. You can be better. Say amen. amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can improve. You can grow. You can have a growth mindset. You can be better. So how are we going to stay with something... For the rest of our lives without magnifying the value and the essence of it. It's, it's a conversation that um, you're going to have to have for the rest of your life. You choose a career. It's a career path that you've chosen. How are you going to stay on that career path? And you know, there's something about stickability for a while that causes significance to begin to come out. So, the, the society where we live today... They are hopping from one place to the other because nobody wants to stick. If that attitude is not checked, you will hop around. So, one day we meet you. You are a lawyer. Another day we meet you. You are now a cobbler. Another day we meet you. You are now, um, <laughs> you are now a clearing and forwarding agent. <laughs> Another time we meet you, you have you you become a rapper. We say, what are you doing now? Um, he's a rap now. And the worst thing that can happen to any individual is to move according to the prevailing culture in a place. That everybody is doing something, so you want to do it. It's the worst thing. How many of you remember one time when, as you're finishing NYSD, PMP, Project Management PMP, PMP. They will come PMP, PMP, P everywhere. Plus people who knew about, plus people who felt inclined to it, plus everybody. Is that what's working now? If that's what's working, let's do it. So how are we going to live in a marriage situation or a relationship without amplifying value and essence? That's what we want to talk about, we want to unveil what has been doctored. We want to open up that which has been covered. Praise God forevermore. So we start out with Psalms and David's conversation in Psalms 139 and verse 15. And he says that my substance was not he. That word substance is embryo. My substance was not hidden from you. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. My substance was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did, did see my substance 
yet being unperfect, and in your book, all my members were written in continuance were fashioned, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Now look at, look at verse 17, and I want us to please, if you have a mouth, which I believe you do, let's read this together once ago. It says, how precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Stop. So, let's start with the idea that um, David has come to a place of revelation where he knows that the thoughts that God has towards him are mind-boggling. They are amazing. Okay, so he has come to that place where he has an understanding that the thoughts that Abba has towards him are precious. And then he goes on to say that how great are the sum of them. So it's not just one thought. It's a multiplicity of thoughts. Hallelujah. And this is how God is thinking about him. That's what he's saying. Never marry anybody or come into a relationship with anybody who hasn't found a revelation of how God thinks about them. It's a value system. It's a value system. It's a value system. And you will be a wreck if you go into a relationship without having a deeply rooted idea of the sum of God's thoughts towards you. I always say it starts with you. What is the sum of it? So, he is talking, you see, it's one thing for somebody to be saying something about you, right? It's another thing for you to believe it to the point where you start saying it about yourself. This is not God's testimony about David. This is David's testimony about himself. As unveiled from God's word. It's a value system. It is an exalting of the human person. That is different from the dehumanization of the human person. In India, there's what they call the, the caste system. Where... Um, they are, they, are, they are cadres of human expression or existence. And then there's the lowest cadre, okay, which, you know, in the Indian system, they, they, are, they are as worthless as animals. So, what, what we will say in that moment, somebody has been dehumanized. Now, it's one thing for someone to try to dehumanize you. It's another thing for you to be filled with thoughts of dehumanization about yourself. Whether it's because life happened, whether it's because things happened to you, it doesn't matter. There's no reason why you should be dehumanized. Can we say amen? amen. Now, it's really, I'm not talking about the self-exaltation of I can do bad all by myself. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a pride that some, that some people in a generation have. That is based on emptiness. I'm not talking about a conversation that is an um, empty barrel making the loudest noise. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a self-boast, you know, that is actually fueled by nothing. You know, just somebody just ranting and talking, you know. Because um, faith is not positive thinking. 
I'm not asking you to be positive. I'm not, I'm not, faith is not positive thinking. There are many people who have positive thoughts themselves into disaster and depression. Faith is a revelation. So, what David is saying, he's not saying, I'm battled by myself. You see, his conversation is anchored. Somebody say anchored. Is anchored. He's resting on something. You have made me. This is what you have shown me. This is how you've made me. And that's who I am. You know, anybody can talk tough. Anybody can talk, you know, I'm, I'm good. And then the conversation is based on nothing. David is not talking like that. He's talking based on a revelation. He says, how precious are your thoughts towards me? Oh God, how great is the sum of them? Verse 18. He says, if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand of the sea. Wow. <laughs> David seems to be saying that your good thoughts towards me and how you see me and the value you placed on me, they are so numerous. Think about the sand of the sea. It's a confidence booster. Because there are certain things that you can live in or live around. And there are certain societies that you can stay in that can demoralize you. A person who is supposed to be walking chin up, head, shoulder square, you know, is now like this. You know, there's a scripture that says that the, the man encouraged himself in the Lord. And, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. What was he using to encourage himself? The sum of all the thoughts that God has towards him. That may not be tangible yet, but that they are not tangible doesn't mean they are not real. That's how it starts. This worthlessness and this worthlessness kind of idea is not of God. Can we say amen? Amen. Look, I'm not preaching today to excite you. I'm just sharing my heart, okay? It's not of God. It's not of God. So David starts the conversation with a very clear idea of his value and his essence. No kind of relationship will thrive without a mutual understanding of value and essence. The Bible talks about God who renews His mercies every morning. The same way Scripture expects you to renew your understanding of His mercies every morning. And the same way Scripture expects you to pass that same thing to the other. The moment I stop seeing you as valuable... Very soon, subconsciously, I'll start to treat you like trash. How many of you have owned juries? Good juries. Expensive juries. Right? When you... Okay, at least something that is in that class of... You want to protect her. When you remove it, I know how I... I when I remove my wristwatch, I clean it with the wipe. Oh, yes. Every time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
see, I'm telling you, I'm not joking. Every time. <laughs> it doesn't matter how tired I am. If I remove my watch, before I, ah, and the case is always there. When I remove it, I get the wipe, I clean the under. Clean it, clean it. Possible, use sanitizer to clean. I'm serious, though. Then I'll now put it back in that stuff. Don't worry. I'm not saying all of my life is arranged like that. I'm just saying that's what I do with my watch. Clean it and put like that. I'll do that 20 times if need be. 100 times if need be. Why? It's valuable. If I clean it like that, it will last longer. When I've gotten used to it and I'm tired, then I just... I guess what I'm saying? Oh boy, what I'm saying is very powerful. When I'm, when I'm tired of it, you know, the moment I start to drop things without cleaning them, no, it's, it's, I know it's ready to go. Ready to go. The moment I start to drop things without cleaning them, without really bothering about, then one day when the debt has accumulated, and I'm like, ah, this thing is so dirty, you know, just know it's ready to go. So how do we show value? How do we, how do we show that we value things and we value people? We, we pay special attention, right? We, we extend that value. And I'm, I'm imagining that that's the attention you pay to yourself. You see, because it's easy, look, for people to pay that attention to themselves. They call it self-care. When you get into marriage, it is another care. Another caring for you. You understand what I'm saying? That's the way it works. But that conversation cannot stand, cannot hold water if value is not at the top of the conversation at all times. My dear, things will happen to test this value. See, finish will show up. You're going to know the in and the outs, the inner workings of the mysteries. <laughs> oh, bare take a buyer. You know, guys and ladies, if you are not yet living in his house permanently and you are still visiting, they will clean everywhere before you come. When you come inside and you have accepted and you say yes, just know that you are also saying yes to now I don't have to clean anymore. My baby, yeah, come on. <laughs> ah, is it like? Wait, wait, how many of you? Well, you have to be special to keep up, except you're already like that. You have to be special to keep up that, oh, my boo is coming, let me clean the house. You have to be really special to do that. <laughs> it's the universal law of sea finish. It hits everybody. I'm telling you, if somebody very important comes to your house, tells you they are coming to your house the first day, whoa, 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 you go, bam, 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 you sit everywhere, you clean everywhere, air freshener, do everything, like that. Then next week, they say, you get all the, all the nice food, you order Chinese you know, you put everything, ah, ah, somebody very significant is coming. Next week, I'm coming to your, eh, okay. You lay your bed, you do this, you do that, 
if you did with Chinese, <laughs> no, it's not only Chinese. If you did red wine before, the next time <laughs> it will reduce. Then next week I'm coming to your house. We know now. We know how these things work. Then next week I'm coming to your house. The next time, eat at home before you come here. They are no longer a visitor. You know your way. <laughs> Go to the fridge. Oh. You know what is in the house. Oh. There's Indomie. You want egg? <laughs> it takes a lot for you to keep value. At the fall of your mind, you know that God does not waver in his value of you. Every day you come to him, his estimation is the same. Let me say this is very strong. God doesn't have to do any further preparation than the preparation that he did at the cross to receive you. Ah, no, he doesn't do any more than that. You know why? He gave his best the first time. And he never withdrew his best. His best is still on the table every day. <laughs> but you see, so let me, let me, look at me everybody. Something has to happen to your thinking. For you to keep value of this person you're going to be seeing every day. For you to keep them as valuable. Up there. Up there. You see them at their lowest moment. They are still up there to you. You see them as their weakest. They are still up there to you. This thing I'm saying, it has to be by the Holy Spirit. No human being can effectively do it without the leading or the help of the Holy Spirit. So when you hear, marriage is bliss, marriage is bliss, marriage is bliss, marriage is bliss, you know, yes, marriage is bliss because two people have decided to estimate the other as valuable. What is essence? Essence is the very reason for the being of a thing. <clears throat> what is the essence of my phone? The essence of my phone is the degree that the phone was created. In other words, you can't pursue conversations about essence without knowing the purpose for which something was created. My brothers and sisters, you will treat people Oh boy, wow, this, is so, this is so important. You will treat people to the degree that you know what their worth is in the earth. Precious sister, stand up. This precious lady was sent into this earth to do some significant things. Let me put it like this. That only her can do in this world. Oh boy, see, I'm... In the name of Jesus, our minds are open in Jesus' name. Only her. She's the only person that can get it done on the planet. Guess what? You see, all of you think that God is going to give it to somebody else. No. Okay. I'll show you. Somebody else will do something. But it's not what God said you should do. 
Okay. I did not teach on irreversible promise keeper, but, um, the one who is, um, what's the word that I use now? Pathological promise keeper. That part of the pathological promise keeper is that he gives a gift, he doesn't withdraw it. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. That's why people don't understand how Catherine Kuhlman walked in the miraculous all the, all the days of her life. The gifts of God are without repentance. You know a God who calls bad things. No, he's not Mercedes. God is not Toyota. He doesn't call back. He doesn't have to call back cars. He's not Samsung. You understand what I'm saying? He's not. He's not Samsung. I say that I, we created it first time. It didn't work. Let's call it back so that we can introduce a better one. Thank you. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? No, he doesn't do that. His gifts and his callings are without repentance. Meaning. There is something he puts this precious lady on the face of the earth to do that only her can do. When we are having a conversation with her, that's where we come from. You're valuable. For example, what, what we are saying is there are animals now that they are saying they are extinct, right? Check the ecosystem. They are necessary to the ecosystem. But if they are missing in the ecosystem means that, you know, something is, you know, and they are saying, um, 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 what's it called? Poachers. Uh, poachers are killing. They are saying climate change, you know, global, whatever, warming, and all that. It's a conversation of precious things that are getting missing. And we're not replacing them. Ah, we should not be missing like that, too. Ah, that's which you have. And you see, that's the point. So... If you don't see, I'm important, and I know, and it's not the one I'm telling myself. It's the one God is telling me. No, 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 that self one, the one you're telling yourself, it can be anything from self glorification to ambition. The one God is telling you, no, ah, no, no, it's purpose. You understand? It's in line. It's, it's in sync with who you are. Ah, but beauty. The Bible says that if we do not praise him, sit down, my darling. If you do not praise him, I'll raise our stones. Where was he said? Where was he said, brothers? Hold on you. Ah, today God knows they use stone. He not they use stone. The work will be done somehow. But God doesn't use stones anymore. If it's stone, if it's stone, it's, to, it's brick wood to build house. Not to please people. You understand what I'm saying? And, well, Lord, and his patience with them. Maybe your God is different. Maybe your God is different. I'm serious. Jonah, I'm not going. I'm not going. Ah, you will go. <laughs> I, I say I'm not going. You will go. I will, I will, I will, I will change the programming that is in this your head. I will change it until you go. Ah, boy, you will go. Say, Lord, send another. No, we'll wait for you to be ready. Because this kind, only you can do it. Right. Oh, boy, this is what I am. You see, that, that idea, uh, uh, that's what, you know, that's what, that's what, is, 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 Putting a lot of people down. Church people told you, if you don't see my dear, 
The things God has, has, has gifted you, it's not taking it back. <laughs> hey. So, we'll walk with you, we'll stay with you. Are you ready now? Can we say amen? amen. Say this with me, I'm valuable. Say, I have essence. There's a reason for my being. Oh, I am special. Hallelujah. I want to end that thought there. So, because if I continue, I won't finish. That's there sweeting me. Can we say amen? So, there's this idea that everybody is valuable. Now, you know, I said this, I'll say it again. It begs repeating. That when it comes to this idea of marriage, the, the, the um, comparison in Ephesians 5 from verse 21, husbands love your wife as what? Hey, church, talk to me. Husbands what? Love your wife as Christ loves the church. Wives do what? Uh-huh. As unto the Lord, right? It's the, the, the comparison. It's never culture. It's never society. The comparison, as good as mentors are, is not your mentors. It's only them to the degree their own is also a reflection of Christ and His church. The picture to follow is Christ and His church. So how do, how do the church submit to Christ? <clears throat> We agree what he says we are. You are righteous. But have not behaved righteously. You are still righteous. Okay, I agree. You are submitted. You are holy. But there is no thought of, ah, this week, Lord. You know where my mind went? You are still holy. But Lord, I don't have a long skirt. I say you are holy. I don't even, I don't even have, you know, skirts. You are still holy. <laughs> I don't have any scarf, Lord. I don't have any scarf. Then God says, I never sent you to cover your hair. <laughs> ah, okay. Some people are looking at me like, they want to use their eyes to, but I never sent you to cover your hair. Should I digress? Should I digress? Small. Ah, you poor are not good. You poor are indulging my... First Corinthians 11, go. First Corinthians 11. Let's read from verse 1. See, you see all these things that we do as symbols of holiness. Holiness is that you don't participate. You are set apart. Yes, That's if they are sharing sickness, you don't belong. Yes. We can't give to me. Yes. I'm holy. Do you know what holy means? Yes. Okay, let me ask you a question. If holiness was about doing, what did the ground do where Moses was standing? That God said, take off your shoe. For the ground where you are standing is holy ground. Is the ground a human being? How can ground be holy? He is holy because I say so. Doesn't have to move a finger. He's holy because I call it holy. Things 
have to be what I call them. People have to be who I call them. It's holy, so shall it be. Holiness is not that you wear, you wear a skirt and then, you know, it's sweeping the ground. And then you're walking gently. And then you don't smile. That's not holiness. Holiness is that if they are distributing failure in the environment, I don't take part. Holiness is that my thoughts are consecrated. I'm thinking God's thoughts all the time. I'm thinking God's thoughts towards me. That's what holiness is. Now suddenly, people have converted holiness to be the covering of a person's hair. So wait a minute. I want to pray. Okay? I want to pray. And then... I want to pray. So I put this like this. Suddenly, I've become... Then guess what? On the flip side, an arm robber comes to church. He's a guy. He says it's time to pray. Look at what they always do their head like this. Then they do this. Suddenly, he's now a holy guy. Religion doesn't have sense. See that guy now. See them. See them. See them. I should have walked them out. Kachi. I say, Kachi, what manner of evil is this? You desecrated the church. I, I, I told myself I'm not going to preach for long today. So let me... Kai, there's something I want to say and I have to say it. But let's just do this one. Can we do this one very quickly? Be ye followers of me even as I also follow Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that ye remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. Alright, let's read verse 3. Want to go? Stop. The head of every man is what? His head. No, he's his head now. He said the head of every man is what? Hey, shout it, church. The head of every man is what? Okay, continue. Wait. The head of the woman is what? Okay, continue. Hey. The head of Christ is God. Is that de- wait, before they taught you concepts in school, what did they do? They gave you what? Definitions. The definition of economics. You know why? Because the idea is that as we go further in this course, whenever you see that terminology, always remember the definition of it. Don't create your own. That's how it's you understand? Every concept in physics, they'll show you the primaries. Right? They'll show you the basics. How they arrive. So that as we go further, because things will get pretty advanced in this course. But don't start to create your own formula. Go back to what we showed you in the beginning of the, of the conversation. I never did well in math. You know why I didn't do well in math? I didn't go to the good primary schools. Because that's where the foundation is laid. So I didn't know fraction, fraction. Because now, if you go into other things, that's dy, dz. The VDU. If you go into those, those deeper things, it's the basic formula. How many of you are mathematicians here? It's the basic formula. Thank you. That you are going to use to solve the big... Ah, so the rest of you are not mathematicians. Ah, only two people. Well, thank God I'm in good company. Amen. I hate maths. But I know how to calculate money. Hell yeah. Huh? 
You don't give me my cup, everything. <laughs> Glory to God. Now your mask stops in. <laughs> Alright, let's look at verse 4 now. Want to go? Who is the head? Every man praying and prophesying, having his head, not his head, not this head. His head being Christ, covered, dishonored his head. You see, so the problem with church people is not having the patience to have the Holy Spirit reveal what he's saying to you. You run away and say, it's your head covered. He already defined it. Now, praying and prophesying is synonymous to standing in the place of ministry, Okay? Standing in place of ministry. Now let me tell you, ministry can be, I want to say this with all humility because um, I can be proven to be wrong tomorrow. But let me say it and then we'll agree. Ministry, right, can be anything that you are doing that unveils Jesus, right? It can be business, it can be career, okay? That's how I know it for now, alright? My revelation is progressing. But here's the point. So, if a man stands in the place of his ministry, either as a pastor or as a business person or this or that, with his head covered, he has dishonored his head. Now, the idea, oh boy, boy, this is so good. The idea is that in the place of your ministry, you're going to begin to prosper. God wants you to prosper. Accolades will start to come. Limelights will start to come. Floodlights will start, spotlights will start to come. And then guess what? When we have the glam and the gleam and all of that, we tend to forget that it's not about me. That it's about Jesus. So we start to point to ourselves. On that platform of success and global relevance and influence, as doors begin to open, make sure you don't cover your head. Ooh. Guess what? People cover their head. People remove cap in church. But when they go to their place of ministry, they take all the glory to themselves. It's all about me. Your head is covered. Your head is covered. You actually removed your cap, but you covered your head. Because your head is not your head. Your head is Christ. So, in other words, as things begin to take shape, don't say it's my smarts. Don't say it's my intelligence. Don't say it's my wisdom. Don't say I, I, I knew exactly what to do. <laughs> Don't say that. Say, I am who I am all because of Jesus. I am who I am by the grace of God. You have unveiled your head. So it is that you are constantly to this. It is that you are constantly doing life, ministry and business with your head. Men, are you hearing me? With your head uncovered. Ah. Uh, how did you hit this very quick? Ah, it's, it's, it's Jesus, so. It's Jesus, so. Uncover him everywhere. It's Jesus, so. Uh, give us the formula. Well, let's start with the fact that it's Jesus first. It's Jesus, so. It's Jesus. Some people will get born again. It's Jesus. Some people will get healed. It's Jesus. Some people will get baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's Jesus. As you are doing like that, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. People's lives are being transformed. But you say, I know, I, I have, I have, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. I'm, me, I'm, a, I'm a very ruthless guy. In business, that's how you. I'm a very ruthless. I don't take nonsense. Now, that's not Jesus. That's you. 
So there are many Christian men who are taking the glory, yet they are removing cap in church. <laughs> now, why is it important for him to receive the glory at that level of your success? Because that's how other people get to know who he is. So you're actually a ministry person, guys. And you're unveiling Christ. No, I didn't say God. I said Jesus. Everybody knows God. Depends on which God you know. True or false? Everybody knows God. Depends on which God you know. And if it's a G-O-D, capital letter, or if it's a small G-O-D. <laughs> now let's go to the other one. Let's read the second one. Oh yeah, All the ladies read. Mm-hmm. Wait now, ladies. You are put together now. Read the concept. Want to go? Who is ahead? Who is ahead? So we are talking about in a married relationship. Wait now. You see, that's the thing now. Right interpretation. That's the problem. Anybody who prays, read it again so that I don't because. Uh-huh. So every woman that prayeth and prophesies with her head uncovered, which is the man, dishonors the man. So it presupposes then that the ladies too will have their place of ministry and, you know, you're going to be called, you're going to be in ministry, you're going to be doing big, say amen. amen. You're going to be out there and all of that. Cover the man. Cover him. Don't leave him uncovered. Cover him. What if God starts to bless you be more than your husband? Cover him. Cover him. Cover him. Don't open him to... Cover him. You understand? It's our money. It's not yours. Amen. amen. Ah, they have not said amen. Ladies, amen. Amen. Huh? Oh, see, morning did I? Amen, amen, amen. Morning, say amen. amen. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. So, oh, wow. now let's go a little bit deeper. Cover him. Cover him also means. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Lord, Lord. Cover him also means. Ensure that he's he's satisfied sexually. Glory to God. See how this <laughs> see how this Presbyterian church is so quiet. Ah uh, ah, uh, that's what cover him actually means. Cover. Him. <laughs> I'm going to lay hands on you after him. Lord, we remove. <laughs> She didn't say amen to the person. She's shouting amen. You didn't even say amen. She said amen. <laughs> oh my word. Covering me. So, do you understand what I'm saying? Don't leave him uncovered. Before you go out to preach that morning or to do your business, oh Lord, make sure that he doesn't think about anything else. 
Cover him. Cover him with your words. I don't want to stay on that one too long. Cover him with your words. You know, there are some ladies that when they finish with their words, they cover him with your words. Do you understand? Cover him. Cover him. Cover him. Why, why do you have to cover him? This guy is the head of the household. Like, there are, there are, there are arrows being that the enemy. Fairy darts. Oh, guys, maybe we should have a conference for men. There are some conversations we don't externalize. There are things we don't say. There are fears we don't, we don't talk about. Because we were raised, be a man, be a man. Men don't cry. Men, are, they always have it together. You know, men always, you know. So, you understand? So, you were raised in those kinds of conversations. So, you know what happens with men many times? We don't have many friends we can talk to. And so you implode on the inside. That's why I think that there should be a lot of men caves where, look, I'm not saying go and form club or, or form society. <laughs> hey, 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 That's not what I'm talking about. I mean where brothers actually hold up brothers. Where we have our hands in arms together and Jesus is our standard. Where men can talk. Ladies, you need to know your guys though. Where men can, can go and talk. Look, let me tell you. How many of you know? Okay. Ah, Lord. I, oh. Anyway, Lord. Okay. Bottom line, cover him. <laughs> Period. And, and really, that's all I want to say. Cover him. Just cover him. That's all I want to say. Let me tell you, when he's, in, when, when he's in front of you, make him know that he's the king. Bring out with your words. Bring out. Ah, when you, when you finish with him like this, you say, Kai, give me this mountain. I can take it. Let me tell you, if you are in a relationship with someone or you are married to someone, that person should be the person that believes in you the most on this planet. Ah, it's value and essence. <laughs> ah, you are in trouble when you have a husband who, <laughs> he will never show up for anything you are doing. Ah, never shows up. He's always, never, he never shows up. He, ne- he will not post, he will not brag, he will not, nothing. <laughs> Nothing. No, no bragging. I mean, you know, my wife, you know all those things. My wife, ah, look at her damn cell of the blah, blah. You know, look at what she's doing. Whatever, you know, just, just, just say, just say, just say. Swear, 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 swear. Ah. <laughs> Raise them. Cultivate them with your words. And then, ladies, I'm telling you, ah, talk to this guy. Bring out that king, bro. He needs that ego as he's entering that his business meeting. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, he needs to be put together. Ah, somebody believes in me. I'm going to win. That's the idea. I'm going, I'm going to win. There's somebody who has, who has looked. Ah, you see, I'm making room. You understand? Hey, I mean, okay. <laughs> we'll get there. Amen. Amen. You look, look them in the eye. Guys, are, are you getting uncomfortable with this? Hello? Should I stop? 
And because some of you are looking down, they're like POD. You know, should I stop? I can stop to help your faith too. You know, just look that that moment. Just look them in the eye like that. I just say, I, I, I believe it. I know. You know why? <laughs> Take them to the other world. Do you see that there's no place? So, guess what? Because, now, okay. Let me, hey, thank you, Lord, for reminding me this stuff. Between this thing I'm talking now and carrying stuff to put on your hair, which one is easier? No, tell me. Putting scarf on your head. And, no, no, wait. To take scarf and just put on your head before you pray and remove it is easier than what I'm talking about. This one will take a lot of intentionality. It will take a lot of decision. It will take a lot of growing up. You understand? But I can quickly, so I can have a lot of, oh boy, thank you Lord, this is powerful. I can have a lot of religion, but I'm not being transformed to the image of the word. Because now for me to do this, Everybody looks at the, you know, everybody has seen me, ah, pious. Hey, hey, pious. But when I go home, my mouth is like that of a viper. Here we go again, here we go again, here we go again. Is he a man that is coming back or is he a, a ram? So when others call themselves a man, you two, you come out and call yourself a man. So you are a man like this. Like this. <laughs> your mates are buying. Uh, your mates are buying. Uh, your mates are buying. Do you see um, uh, Kunle? Kunle? Eh? G-Wagon Brabos. You simply because you bought me Corolla. I won't hear what. <laughs> You know what will happen? When he goes out of that house, he's not thinking of coming home. You know why? It's not wife he marries, it's knife. His own is not tear rubber, it's tear. It's tear something. I hear what I'm saying. It's easier to put on his scarf. Brothers, it's easier to remove your cap than to do this thing I'm saying. When you feel the pressure to take the glory to yourself, I say, no, 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 it's Christ. I have a few more minutes. I want to finish early today. There is a concept speaking about value. I'm sure we all understand. What is the code for this episode now? Just say it in your own words. On, okay, put, put it in a way that we can use it. No, now, see, use it. Hey, understand the essence, something. Say it in a way we can use it. No, how can you say understand the essence of it? Understand the value and the essence of the other, okay? Come on, give me a high five, high five. Based on God's word. Hallelujah. Based on the revelation of Jesus. And actually, let's, let's, it's also understanding your own 
essence and your own value based on the revelation of Jesus. So there is this concept that I want to bring to your notice this morning. It's a concept called blood horses. You want to write that down. Blood horses. In horse racing, there's a concept called blood horses that is symbolic or points to a thoroughbred unmixed breed of horse. The purest and the best. You understand what I'm saying in a bit. So when in horse racing, there are people called bloodstock agents. Bloodstock agents. B-L-O-O-D-S-T-O-C-K agents. These bloodstock agents actually have this as a career. Alright? They know how to spot blood horses. A blood horse is a horse that has proceeded out of an unmixed bloodline. That is without any mixture, without any contamination. How many of you watch horse racing here? Two. Okay. It's actually a very lucrative business though. One horse, one of these blood horses, as of 2007, is $400,000. $2,007. So when a bloodstock agent comes, they know how to identify a, a, a horse that is pure breed. That is from an unblemished bloodline. You know where I'm going to now. I'm going somewhere. So they find them, and actually... It is that they do their research. Blood, uh, bloodstock agents are actually researchers. They go back into the antecedents of the bloodline of the horses. They check their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents. And they check the mileage that they made. And they check their history. All right? And they check all the things that they accomplished. And how many races they won and all of that. When a bloodstock agent comes into a space where a horse has just given birth to a colt, alright? As that colt is wobbling and, you know, trying to stand and all of that, that bloodstock agent says, give me that. That is what I want. Wait, are you not seeing that they are falling here and there, weak and, you know, wriggling like that under the weight of pressure. I say, no, that's the one I want. Because as it begins to grow in, with this bloodline, they are not actually buying the wriggling courts. They are buying his bloodline. They are blind the testimony that precedes this cause. There is a faith that is disposed in the in a weak beggarly cause 
because of the antecedents of his bloodline, of his heritage, his great-grandfather, his grandfather. So as they come down to the courts, the bloodstock agent is no longer carried away by the wiggling and the stuff. Because he's seen something, his eyes are trained, oh boy. His eyes are trained to see something that everybody else is not seeing. So guess what? He brings out his checkbook and writes a $400,000 check for a wiggling court. Listen, a court that hasn't been given the opportunity to prove its ability. A court that has not proved itself is a testament of the bloodline where it is coming from. If its father did this and its grandfather did this, we can tell that from that bloodline, so long as we follow and check that the bloodline is unmixed, it's a thoroughbred. We know what its antecedents are. We know what to expect. Brothers and sisters, you are from the bloodline that is called redemption. The eternal Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. That bloodline, alright, is where we come from. It's without spots, without blemish. A man, a stock agent, a bloodstock agent will write a check, alright, to purchase a weak corpse. That a bear shoulder. That is from a strong bloodline. Because they are not buying the cult in its present state. They are buying the historic antecedents of the, of the bloodline. Seated here today are people who are weeding and falling. And it's not written on your face. But your bloodline is still strong. The blood does not become weak because you're weak. The blood does not lose its value. So we are buying the value that is on your heritage as against the value that is on your present state. Presently, heritage, strong bloodline. What are we in a relationship with? A strong bloodline. Every, see, look, that cult gets its value from its heritage. That's actually what they do. Can we say amen? amen. Now, in, in horse racing, oh boy, this is powerful. The guy who bought that, that cult knows that one race won. One race. One race. I'm not saying two, one, will give me back my $400,000 and much more. But the amazing thing is that this investment is not in anything the cult has done. Actually, physically speaking, the cult looks weak. But now, we have taken our eyes off of the cult that is shaking and we have put it on its bloodline in hope. That the courts 
uh, is going to live up to its name. Every time you walk like this, you've forgotten your heritage. I can tell you. I can tell you. I can tell you. You've forgotten your heritage. I can tell you. We don't need to see anything you... Ah, boy. This is powerful. Get on the keyboard, sir. We don't need to see anything you have done. That's why when Jesus showed up, bloodline, God did not wait to see him do a miracle before God said, you are my beloved son. See, stand well first. Stand well first. Do you understand? Stand secure in your redemptive realities. It will be easy to produce results. Stand well. No, stand well. You are forgetting a lot. That's why. Stand well. Stand well in the truth of who you are in Christ. Stand well that you are from an expensive bloodline. Stand well from the idea, hallelujah, that this blood that purchased you will never lose its power. It says it reaches, right, to the highest what? It flows to the lowest what? Valley. The blood, right? Stand well in the idea. John saw Jesus coming. He says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. In the Old Covenant, they, they were supposed to bring a goat or a bull without spot and without blemish. In the New Covenant, Jesus has become our bull and our goat that is without blemish. What I'm talking about, and some of you need to go back and, and study this thing, is how they see hope in a wiggling cult. Because of its strong bloodline. That's how you should see hope in a dark future. Because you have a rich heritage. If it looks dark. And things might look pretty dark right now. You stand in the queue to try to buy fuel. And you're wearing singlet. And short knicker. And slippers. And hey, get this there. Get this there. Get this there. In that noise. It becomes easy for you to forget. No, I'm not from here. It is those conversations that people are using to judge their lives. as against what scripture has said. Say this with me. I'm from a rich bloodline. Say it again. I'm from a rich heritage. Brothers and sisters, why will this man part with $400,000? To buy this cult that is shaking. It's because of what the promise of value is. Can we say amen? amen. Hey church, can we say amen? amen? Oh church, can we say amen? amen? One more time, can we say amen? amen. <laughs> so because of the one who has gone before you. There's a rich promise on your life. You may not look like it right now and it's, it's, it's okay. But there's a rich promise. Say it with me. There's a rich promise on my life. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. Say there's a rich promise on my life. Oh, hallelujah. Say it one more time. There's a rich promise on my life. 
Look, what you need in your life is to start to tell yourself that. And start to treat yourself like that. If anybody places, if, if society places value on you, they can steal it. They can take it. Have you heard the stories of, I'm closing now. Yeah, I'm done. Have you heard the stories of some of these presidents who the moment they leave office, Goodluck said that the moment he left Asherok, his phone stopped buzzing. People stopped calling. He wasn't no longer having any visitors like he used to have almost, you know. They stopped calling. They were calling because you were in an office. They weren't calling because you were valuable. Now that you have lost the office, so has the value gone. He literally granted an interview and said, my phone doesn't ring anymore. Nobody calls me anymore. I walked out of the door and so did my cause and my value walk out of the door. Because if, if the world, yes, thank you Lord, if the world places value on you, they'll take it in a heartbeat. If God places value on you, it's for all of eternity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If God calls you something, it's for all of eternity. So we're not going to go with trying to chase clouds or trying to chase, you know, somebody's accolades. are constantly bearing in mind what Abba thinks about us. Can we stand to our feet, please? Have you been blessed today? I want you to spend a few moments just praying in the Holy Ghost and just making these declarations. I am valuable. I am bought with a price. Hallelujah. I want you to say that about yourself. Hallelujah. My, my life is driven by value and essence. In the name of Jesus, I am valuable. I am I am I am full of God's essence. Hallelujah. I am full of God's essence. I say it very well that the, the sum of God's thoughts towards me, they are more than the sands of the seashore. I am valuable. I am full of God's essence. Thank you for engaging with God in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello at blueprintstories.org.